Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Welcome to the house of the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. This is Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. Fred Alexander Ayola, the pastor here. And I'm so glad that you decided to join us. Karibuni sana, and my prayer for you this year, like every time we meet, every time you're listening to us, is that the Lord may bless you, bless your ear to immense fruitfulness. As we always start, some quick announcements. Our 2021 Bible reading plan is going on as usual. We are those guys that read the Bible. Believe it or not, we are on Amos. Mm, see Amos. Amos. Nine chapters. The shepherd that God called to be a prophet. Tomorrow, 13th of September, is our Bible study Zoom hangout. We are on the book of Ezekiel. Like I always say, we are at the point where we are taking time to go through the um, Old Testament prophets, the major prophets. And so we allow you to take time to read and then we hang out um, right after the book. And I know since we are on the book of Amos, you may be wondering, ah! But <laughs> we are on the book of Ezekiel tomorrow. So join us at 8 p.m., 13th of September. It's just an hour of just um, pure Bible reading and get to hear from each other and to learn and grow together. 2nd of October is the African Children's Prayer Day. Our parents have been getting the daily prayer directives with their children. And I hope, I pray that you're praying with your children, that you're teaching them, walking with them, reminding them the importance of prayer. 2nd of October, it will be online. It will be a Zoom hangout. And so remember, mark your calendars, 2nd of October, Africa Children's Prayer Day. Our next Children's Sunday will be on the 10th of October after our VBS that first week. I believe it's from the, from the 4th to the 8th of October. That's when we will have our Children's Sunday Schools um, Solid Rock Stroke uh, VBS for the whole week. And then the 10th, we celebrate together Remember also, 25th to the 29th of October, we are fasting together. Join us if you can. Join us because fasting is an amazing thing. It's what we use, you all know, to grow the spirit mind inside of us. If you've been, if you've been struggling with something, um, anything, um, fasting is the best place to do it. Third year anniversary celebration, 7th of November. You better know that date. If you don't, Kunashid, Kunashid, 7th of October and uh, November till October. Wait, wait. 7th of November. Oh. <laughs> 7th of November. Third year anniversary celebration. The Lord has been kind to the church. We've been here for three years and we cannot wait to see what God will do for us for the remainder of the years that He has decided to put us up. We bless the Lord. This month, guys, we began a new sermon series called Sabbath, Entering into God's Rest. I believe God is still calling us to rest in Him, especially with the times. And this month, we look exactly at what that is all about. Last week, we began the series with the sermon titled Stop Working. I remember I mentioned that and guys were like, huh? Yeah, stop working. Hey, you, you listening, whatever. Stop working. Talking about God stopping his work of creation and entering rest for a 24-hour period. It was a whole day of rest. Thereby teaching us the sacred rhythm of rest. We say that stopping to work does not imply, among many other things, that work is evil. Uh -uh. 
We then looked at the reasons that make us not stop working, like being taught when we were children not to be idle, that leads us to having an identity majorly of work. I hope that's not you. The sermon is available on our Anchor FM podcast platform, so in case you missed it, catch it on there and may the Lord bless you to stop working. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 to 11. I will read from the NIV. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you prepare our hearts to hear from you. Jehovah, the enemy does not want us to be fruitful with your word in our hearts. And so he'll do everything possible to try and hinder that. Our prayer, Jehovah, is that you keep us, help us, and help us to be fruitful. In Jesus' name, we all shout, Amen. <laughs> Guys, last week, we said that the only way to begin the process of rest is to stop working. God taught us the sacred rhythm of rest, which when followed leads not only to healthy functioning bodies that operate at optimum levels, but also being obedient to him. It is all about obedience. God is not just into making you excel and be a star and have a healthy body. Mm-mm. It's about obedience. When the fall of man happened, our rest, our rest was affected. One of the best ways to see this is in the stay of the Israelites in Egypt. The Bible tells us in Genesis 46 that Jacob and his lineage of about 70 people went into Egypt to live with Joseph, the governor of the land. A few chapters later in Exodus 1, Joseph and the good Pharaoh are both dead and the new regime in Egypt oppresses Israel Israel, for a whopping 430 years. 430 years. For 430 years, they worked daily and knew no stopping of work. They knew no rest. They knew no Sabbath, except going home to sleep, which, if it were up to the Egyptians, would have not been happening. This means they knew not what rest was in its entirety. God then sends Moses to deliver them, and one of the biggest things God is doing is rescuing the Israelites from work. The sacred rhythm of rest taught in the Garden of Eden has been interrupted majorly, and now God has to teach it to his children again. God was going to teach the nation of Israel to start resting again. Hmm. Our sermon is simply titled, Start Resting. Our message for today is simply start resting. In Exodus 14, Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt through the impossible to cross Red Sea. In Exodus 16, the whole nation grumbles against Moses and Aaron at the fact that there is no food. And God promises them manna from heaven and quail, meat to eat. In Exodus 17, the nation quarrels Moses again, for there is no water to drink. And God tells him to strike the rock for water. Later in the chapter, the Amalekites attack the Israelites and Moses lifts his hands steady till the sunset for the nation to win. In Exodus 18, Jethro visits Moses and advises him to start doing his duty to the nation differently in selecting other capable leaders to help him in the work. You see what Moses was going through, looking after a million people? I believe God is teaching Moses 
to start resting. Mm. In 1 Kings 18, the prophet Elijah holds a contest with the prophets of Baal from morning to evening. He then kills all of them with some help, of course, and then runs with God's help all the way to Jezreel, a journey of about 40 kilometers. In 1 Kings 19, Jezebel finds out what Elijah had done to her prophets of Baal and promises to kill Elijah, to which in fear, Elijah flees a day's journey into the wilderness and begs God to kill him because he thinks he's the only prophet of God that is left. God feeds him and sends him on a 40-day journey to his mountain where God talks to him in a still, small, gentle whisper and tells him there are 7,000 more godly prophets, prophets still in the land and there's one more that needs to succeed him, Elisha. God is telling Elijah, to start resting. Ah, yeah. One more. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Aram and Israel are at war. Aram is a nation and the king of Aram is enraged because the prophet Elisha is always giving the Israelite army spiritual leakage of sorts <laughs> about Aram and defeating all their strategies. He sends an army to capture the prophet and his servant sees the army and is afraid. The prophet tells him not to be afraid because God's army of chariots of fire is also surrounding them, but the servant can't see God's army. The prophet prays for his servant to see God's army, after which he finally sees them. His spiritual eyes are opened and he sees the army of God. God is teaching the prophet Elisha's servant to start resting. I think you get the drift. One of the dangers of not resting, number one, is short-temperedness. You see that in Moses. A lack of rest or even a lack of sleep has been said to be one of the main causes of short-temperedness. Moses has been said to have suffered from short-temperedness and even affected his entering the promised land. After reading the example above, you know, you don't need to wonder why. Fear is also another danger of not resting. Fear is described as an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. Basically, it is an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of something that hasn't happened yet. The prophet Elijah's tiredness grew his fear of being killed until God reminded him, Hey, Buddha, I'm right there with you, in a still, small, gentle whisper. Fear. Sickness is another danger of not having rest. This is not even news. Lacking adequate rest may actually lead to high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, heart failure, stroke. It may lead to obesity, depression, impairment in immunity, and lower sex drive. Married people, eh? <laughs> People who don't get quality sleep or enough sleep are more likely to, to be sick, to get sick after being exposed, especially to a virus such as a common cold, COVID, Lack of sleep can also affect, believe it or not, how fast you recover if you get sick. Sickness is not news. That one we know. Ladies, number four is wrinkles. Dangers of not resting. Number four is wrinkles. There is a link between a lack of rest or sleep and an increase in the stress hormone cortisol in the body. Cortisol can break down collagen, the protein that keeps skin smooth. So lack of rest or beauty sleep can actually lead to your appearance being affected through having more wrinkles. Number five, impaired memory. 
dangers of not having rest, a lack of alertness, and even stress are the many other dangers of a body that is interested. So which one is yours? If you're not rested, chances are you're short-tempered. Okay, maybe that's not you. Then chances are you have a lot of fear. You're afraid of things that have not even happened yet. You can't even do anything right now because the fear of COVID has paralyzed you. Fear of death. Maybe it's sickness. Are you sick? Um, are you going through an issue that has been caused by your lack of resting? Maybe you're a bit depressed. Your weight has issues. Your immunity has been affected. Maybe you have extra wrinkles. <laughs> or your memory is suffering. You're not alert, even while on the road. And many others. The more we rest, the more we are well-tempered. The more we are not afraid. The more healthy we are. The more smooth-skinned we are. The more memory we have, the better our memory. The more alert we are, the less stressed we are. That one is not news. And I know most of the stuff I've shared is not something that you're like, hey, I didn't know that. This is, this is stuff we know. So let me ask the question. If we know all this then, then I will ask you what I asked last week. Then why won't we stop working and start resting? Why? You know this thing makes you sick, messes up your temper, increases fear inside of you. Is messing up your face. So why won't you stop working and start resting? Psalms 127 verse 2 tells us that it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, toiling, like we said last week, for God gives rest, sleep to his beloved one. To his children. Psalms 107 verse 2 is the verse describing to us the blessedness of rest. And specifically sleep. One of the number one blessings that we get. The number one, one of the number one blessings that we get. Outside of any other thing that you can imagine. Is the blessing of rest that God gives us at the end of every day. It is a blessing from God. Sleep is a blessing from God. It is the blessedness of rest at the end of every day. So, I'll ask again, why? Some of us don't even want to sleep. Sleep is when we will die. Even though Munasema. Last week we said that we don't rest because as a child we were taught, or as children we were taught that idling is ungodly and, I've, and now it has defined us with work. Work has defined us simply because as children, we were taught never to be idle. Now we define ourselves with work. Number two, he said last week that we believe that those who have time to rest have nothing much or important to do. We said also that we believe we don't rest because we are ashamed of the flawed human being that we are and work and work harder, hoping to get over the hurdle of where we are. So that we make our lives better. Or we feel better about ourselves. Hey, Buana, is that why you don't rest? Were you taught wrongly as a child? Do you believe that those who have time to rest have nothing important to do? 
Are you ashamed of the flawed human being that you are? Those are the questions. So which one is it? The definition of rest must be from the sacred rhythm of rest, which is, number one, following God's sacred rhythm of work first. In order to define rest, we must define work. In order to rest, first and foremost, we must work. Five or six days a week. Because rest without work, on the other hand, is what? Hey, I've not heard you. It is what? Laziness. In defining rest, number two, we must follow God's sacred rhythm of rest from paid or unpaid work on the seventh day. This is a whole 24-hour day. 24 hours. Not five, not four, not ten, not six. Not the afternoon, not the morning. It is a day of rest. And in this day you can sleep, you can nap, you can hike, you can read a book, you can eat good food, come on. Enjoy hobbies, play sports, you know. Do something that you enjoy. Delight in it. So how does your rest look like? Do you even rest? Do you have a hobby? Do you read? Do you eat good food? Do you play sports? And in case you're wondering, eh, Mjungaji, this conversation is just too physical. It's not deep. It's not theological. Hey, guys, you're talking about the basics, the elements of rest, which is working and resting to begin with. The next two weeks, we'll talk about the theological aspect of it. Why? Why is God telling us to rest in him? And in case you're wondering, Jesus never talked about the physical aspect of rest. Mark 6, Jesus calls and sends out the 12 disciples. And after they get back, obviously excited about the ministry. They've healed. They've done numerous things in his name. Jesus tells them this in verse 31. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Jesus is telling the disciples, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. And get some rest. Imagine that. At the greatest moment of, of the disciples' lives, where they are from doing the very things Jesus does in their midst, Jesus teaches them the power behind the sacred rhythm of rest. They must work and then rest. In order to define rest in your life, it must be the sacred rhythm of rest. It must be in the sacred rhythm of rest which is working for five or six days and then resting on the seventh. Does that define you? Ah, yeah? Well, let me talk to you about Jesus again. If Jesus could avoid the crowds, stop and take a nap to rest in Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 4, or Luke chapter 8, after the long day that he had, why can't you take rest? Remember when he had the Beatitudes? After he started talking to them about the kingdom of God? And then at the end of the day, the Bible tells us in the evening, after he's talked to them, Matthew chapter 8, he asked the disciples to avoid the crowds and to go on the other side. He gets into a boat and starts to sleep. He took a nap. Jesus slept. And then the disciples had to start crying, oh, we are dying. Imagine that for a second. It was a time of rest. Think about this for a second. Jesus is in the boat. 
by any by any chance imaginable is it possible that the boat would have sunk before jesus went to the cross no way so what was their issue no wonder he rebukes them and tells them ye of no faith they didn't have faith in the lord they did not know the power behind resting they could not even take a nap after the day that they had my question to you today as we finish is why can't you take a rest jesus could why can't you god desires for all of us to stop working and rest and like you said last week it is only when you begin to apply god's sacred rhythm of working and resting that we'll begin to fully experience fullness in our mortal bodies last week we reminded ourselves of the number one broken commandment is the third commandment in exodus 20 verse 8 remembering the sabbath to keeping it holy we don't remember the sabbath i'll remind you of this again if you're not stopping work to begin resting then you're being disobedient to god which translates to being sinful before him james 4 17 confirms this warning us that anyone then who knows the right thing to do yet fails to do it is guilty of sin so will you continue sinning because you don't care or will you continue sinning because according to you it is not a sin hmm? are you struggling to stop working and start resting let's see let's read hebrews 4 9 to 11 again hebrews 4 9 to 11 if you're struggling to start to start resting this is what jesus said in verse let me read just verse 11 let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the example of disobedience this talks to the eternal rest god has given us i understand that but it also talks to the rest that we must carry out while still in this world rest of our bodies rest my plea to you as we finish is by the mercies of god begin to start the sacred rhythm of not just working but resting because in rest is the blessing of god may the lord bless you do have a good week and see you next week Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport Northrood. Have a blessed week.